All right, it's the Storm Tracker podcast, and Miami finally gets a victory. They get off the schneid and win in Blacksburg. 20-14 to 14 was the final score. Tyler Van Dyke was your boy, and he uh, passed for over 300 yards, 350 yards, and two touchdowns in this game, and actually had the game ceiling run. It's it's really the Tyler Van Dyke that we've been hoping to see all year. Uh, we got we got a glimpse of him last week against North Carolina, and then now against Virginia Tech, uh, we're seeing him again. And he he was efficient for for most of this game. Made really good decisions, no turnovers, and no of course no interceptions uh, on the day. And he put his team in a position uh, to win. Now, what was alarming in this game was the fact that the running game was kind of pretty much abandoned. I mean, they tried it out with a number of different guys like uh, Jalen Knighton, Thad Franklin, and um, also Lucius Stanley as well, the JUCO transfer from, from uh, I'm sorry, the, the, the transfer from, UAB uh, got some carries in this game, but Miami really missed Henry Parrish, who was uh, a no-show uh, for this game uh, due to injury. Hopefully, he'll be back next week. But they're missing out on the run game. Uh, Coach Gaddis spoke about how this is not really sustainable for the long term. Uh, uh, he said that after the North Carolina game, yet and still, we see the same type of game from Miami in this one with a lack of running game. So it's definitely a cause of concern on the go forward here because, yeah, Miami got by a Virginia Tech who likely is going to finish in the bottom half of this ACC. Uh, but if they are looking to be in the top half of the conference, then they're going to have to establish the running game. Another thing that was concerning was the fact that you needed the running game late and you couldn't rely on it to run the clock out in this game. Uh, there were uh, several incomplete passes stopping the clock, which allowed Virginia Tech to really get back in this game late, which is really disheartening to see. And then even just clock management at the end of this game was a little bit questionable. A lot of seconds left on the clock before they uh, snapped the ball. Uh, with minimal time left, so it was it was definitely concerning uh, the running game and the way the Hurricanes handled the clock after being up twenty to zero in this game. The defense was pitching a shutout for for most of this game until the fourth quarter when the Hokies scored a couple of touchdowns. So you needed the run game to really kind of come through for you and really uh, get some first downs, eat up some clock, and maybe conserve the shutout. But that did not happen in this game. But but back to the positives, Kobe Young. I've been screaming this for, for a while, but uh, Kobe Young finally got some playing time. Uh, he started in this game, and he was, was very active early and often had a 37 yard ridiculous one-handed catch 
in this one and then added another one-handed catch uh, for a touchdown. So he definitely was a difference maker in this game and seems like he will be on the go forward. Young is a big target, 6'5", 215. Uh, he's a Juco guy who got in here late, so wasn't really acclimated with the offensive system, but really kind of uh, found a way to, to get into the lineup. Now, be it, yeah, due to injuries and, you know, just lack of playmakers or, or explosive plays, uh, you needed some something, and you needed somebody to, to make a play. And all of a sudden, Young, Kobe Young, uh, made plays in this game just like he did at the end of that North Carolina game. You saw the flashes, and then all of a sudden, here he comes again out of the gate in this game. He was targeted, um, you know, I, I think maybe he was definitely double-digit targets in this game. He ended up with nine catches for 110 yards and a touchdown. So like what I saw from Colby Young, I I kind of thought it would be something like this uh, for uh, the start of the season, just kind of based on what we saw in fall camp. And it's all finally coming to fruition now. So happy to see Colby Young, uh, get this off, help to get this offense going, as well as Brashard Smith. We finally saw the explosive Brashard Smith that we, we've been seeing all throughout high school at Miami Palmetto. So nice to see him get heavily involved in this game. He definitely. Um, you know, made his presence felt as well with six catches for 76 yards. And Frank Ladson was, was, uh, was productive as well with six catches. I'm sorry, five catches for 58 yards, including a five-yarder in the back of the end zone to start off the scoring for the Hurricanes. Also good to see was seeing that this team actually started fast. Um, usually they're kind of slow out of the gate. And you kind of feared that that would happen again on a, on a lazy uh, early afternoon game against a team that, you know, doesn't necessarily excite you as much because, like I alluded to earlier, Virginia Tech likely going to finish in the bottom or towards the bottom of this ACC conference. But they came out of the gate just firing in this one. So uh, it, it gives – you optimism for for the future of this offense once jacoby george and xavier restrepo come back then you may have a really potent offense now that you have kobe young in the fold and this was all without also will mallory who exited this game early he had a monster game last week against north carolina but he left this game uh looks like uh maybe a head injury and he was ruled out for the rest of the game um, in the first half. So for much of the game, we did not have Will Mallory. We saw a lot of, of, of Jaleel Skinner in this game. Um, he, you know, had a couple of drops here and there. But for the most part, you like what you've seen from the youngsters. He's still just a true freshman. So sky's the limit uh, for the kid out of IMG. So, the fact that they did start fast out of the gate 
was was definitely one of the positives uh, from this game. And not only did the offense start fast, but the defense started fast as well. Defense started this game with a turnover. And it was the only turnover of the game, but it was a great one. And I, I will say that I'm surprised that it did come from Avante Williams because Avante Williams is, is, is a guy who hasn't been getting a lot of playing time this season. And right out of the gate in that first quarter, he comes up with a forced fumble and a fumble recovery. So definitely was 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 excited to, to see Avante get in there, make a play, and essentially make a play that that was a difference uh, in this game. So, uh, but the defense, you know, they played lights out, like I said, for the most part in this game. I think towards the end, you maybe just got maybe a little tired. A couple of calls didn't go your way. I mean, that that call uh, against uh, DJ Ivy, I thought was atrocious. Um, but the call against uh, Takori Couch was just was a bonehead play by Takori Couch. Love TC. He's definitely one of the better corners on this Miami football team, but can't have that type of play happen late in the game. I, it, it was a it was a backbreaker at the time, and and it it definitely ignited the Hokies on that drive in which they would eventually score. But overall, it was a solid defensive effort, and I can't talk about the defense without talking about Akeem Mesador. Akeem Mesador is growing into uh, probably one of the best defensive linemen in the entire country and the PFF grades definitely show that uh, for these past couple of weeks. And then he has a huge game against Virginia tech where he notches three and a half sacks and eight tackles. And he was generally just all over the field. They could not contain a key Mesador that acquisition or that transfer from West Virginia to West Virginia uh, is paying dividends. It, it's, it's really a transfer that, or he is really a transfer that is really making a difference for this defense. I don't know where the Miami hurricanes would be without Akeem Mazador. I also liked what I, what I seen from another transfer in Daryl Jackson He's continuing his ascension in his play as well. Had another great game in this one, as well as uh, Leonard Taylor. Leonard Taylor made some plays as well in Jafari Harvey. Uh, I love the rotation that they have going. I know some people may think, okay, well, why are they rotating guys if we know who the best guys are? And I think the reason why those guys are making plays is because uh, they are fresh. You know, they're they're not getting tired, and and you you, you have that opportunity for those young guys to always get in there and always uh, make a play. They the young guys always will feel like they have a chance to get in on game day if they perform in practice, which ultimately elevates the entire defense and the team as well. 
And um, also have to say something about Corey Flagg. Um, you know, Corey Flagg, I think uh, he's been the most consistent uh, linebacker for this team. And he had an impressive day with five tackles, two tackles for loss, and a sack. So Corey Flagg definitely deserves some kudos, along with James Williams as well, had six tackles and two pass breakups as well. So the defense definitely held this team down for most of this game. Uh, they started to bend towards the end of this game, but they didn't break as Miami still comes away with the victory. But the one of one of the biggest storylines of the of this game is definitely the penalties, man. The there were so many penalties in this game. It was just it was embarrassing. It was uh, disappointing. I know Coach Cristobal is is looking to have a football team that is sound, disciplined, and not make mistakes and not commit penalties. Penalties, but seventeen penalties for one hundred and fifty nine yards is unacceptable, and it's not going to fly against better teams. And Virginia Tech is a team where you can probably get away with committing 17 penalties for 115, 159 yards. If you do that against Florida State, you're not going to win. If you do that against Clemson, you certainly are not going to win. If you do that against Pittsburgh and Georgia Tech, you'll likely lose as well. So they definitely need to clean up the penalties in order to – make sure that they go to a bowl game this season because let's face it on um, that's probably the uh the initial goal at this point is to get to six wins uh right now they're three and three at 500 so they need three more wins to get there and then depending on where the standings are at that point is where you want to see if you could still win the coastal division in its last year of existence and get to a CC championship game for the second time in the school's history. So a lot of positives from this game. Uh, they end the three-game losing streak. They come back home next week against Duke. So you want to see that consistency uh, of the offensive production continue, but you definitely need more from this running game. The running game was abysmal once again. Uh, in this game. So this is now basically three weeks where we have seen the running game just flat out disappear. And albeit Zion Nelson and um, Justice Olawson not in this game. Ja'Kai Clark also not in this game. So that definitely plays a factor in the running game. Hopefully you get Ja'Kai Clark and Justice back uh, for the next game. Or the, the the next guys up have to step up. Logan Sakapalu and Jonathan Dennis. Uh, those guys really have to, you know, step up and and perform uh, because you're going to need that push on the offensive line to generate a running game. And then hopefully Henry Parrish can get back uh, last uh, from, from from this week and get in next week. Clearly, he is their number one running back. Jalen Knighton 
Um, I'm not sure if he's still trying to get over the ankle injury or I, I don't know what it is, but uh, Jalen Knighton is definitely not showing the flash that he showed last year. And they desperately need Henry Parrish to come back and come back healthy uh, for these last uh, few games. Because it, it, like I said, you desperately need a running game to pair with now a hot TVD. What was really uh, nice to see, though, was the fact that Ja'Cory Brown got in and was able to, you know, generate some nice runs uh, for Miami. Uh, he is right now the third string quarterback and uh, likely the quarterback in waiting for the Hurricanes. So to see him get in there on some meaningful snaps and generate some positive yardage uh, was overall positive uh, for the Miami Hurricanes. So um, it, it was a nice little wrinkle of the offense to see from OC Josh Gaddis. And I expect to see more, more of that uh, in the next couple of games. Now, Duke is a team that they should beat uh, this week coming up. They're back at home. Uh, and it, it's an opportunity for Miami to really continue the momentum. And if the defense plays as sound as they as it did today and they can generate a running game, then I don't see any reason why Miami uh, doesn't continue uh, with its momentum with a win over the Blue Devils. And then after that, you go on the road again against Virginia, similar type of uh, teams uh, that, that you're playing uh, in these in, in, in Virginia Tech and Duke. So uh, this is a great opportunity for them to build up a lot of momentum, get to five wins before their battle, their annual battle with Florida State. So those are my quick reactions uh, to, to this game. Uh, a lot more to, to to decipher in in the upcoming week here uh, right before the Duke game uh, you'll see more of our coverage on this game during the week here on canescounty.com